and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters talk with family and friends from around the country and around the world about their favorite movies as they're growing up. And Eleanor is going to introduce our movie and special guest today. So for one of the rare times, um, we are in the same, Annie and I are in the same place while we were recording because I am visiting my family in Chicago, so I am not in Los Angeles. But our guest today is coming to us from New York. So we have Lily Herman, who is a writer, and we had the good fortune of meeting her and talking about our podcast earlier in the summer, and we had so much fun talking. Anyway, that we're like, okay, we need to have her on the podcast. So it's very exciting, and we're very grateful for your time being here today. Yeah. So would you like to say a little bit about yourself, Lily? Yeah, a little bit about myself. Oh. <laughs> oh, is that echoing? No, it's okay. You're good. Okay. That's just on my end. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit about myself. I'm a writer and editor primarily. I'm a freelancer, which means uh, my time is my own, which is great. Um, I guess I would say what I am best known for is doing a lot of news and politics coverage for places like Teen Vogue, Allure, uh, Refinery29, Glamour Magazine. And then I also do a ton of other things like social media strategy and management. Uh, I'll do, I do some editorial and social media consulting. I help with some PR things. There's a lot of other stuff behind the scenes that people don't really see because uh, if you were to be only a writer and try and make money, uh, best of luck <laughs> to you. Uh, let, please tell me your secrets. <laughs> but uh, then the other half of my time is spent on Twitter, which is where I live my life is on the internet. So yeah, so I guess that's that's a little bit of who I am. I guess in the context of this podcast, I also am a huge uh, pop culture, film, TV, entertainment buff. Uh, how we all sort of got connected was I have a side entertainment blog called The Q, which I started because I really wanted to do some entertainment writing. It's not really my background. So I'm always a big believer in that if People won't have you do it for money at first. Do it for free for yourself. Feel how, for see how sure. you feel about it, and then you can always figure it out later on. But it, that's been a blast. It's uh, unfortunately been a little more on the back burner recently because um, lots of stuff has been happening, and uh, news and politics is always a bit of a journey right now. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of the, the overview. Well, and with news and politics, the, and I realize it's one of those things where I followed news and politics before, mm-hmm. but now it is all-consuming in a way that's both unhealthy and <laughs> but also important. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I know the names of so many national, but also, like, state and local politicians, which is good. I wish I didn't have to, if that right. makes any sense. Right, Um <laughs> Yeah, but, it's information overload almost yeah, right now. Um, yeah, so cutting through it is incredible. Ugh. But it's, again, you're right. It's good to know about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we keep we try to keep things lighter here. Sometimes <laughs> there are times I've been getting into like battles with people, but that's okay. Um, but we'd like to start off by talking about our favorite thing from pop culture this week. So anything within the past week or so... That you've been like, whoa, I really liked that. Or if you really didn't like it, just, you know, something. And I have one. I can go first if that's easiest. Are you Please going? go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I know. Don't, don't be stressed out by it. So, um, last Sunday, so my dad and I have always read the New York Times 
uh, Sunday style section. Me, uh-huh. mostly because I love weddings. Him, because he likes to read about the cool things people do. Um, but Same, I've, same. <laughs> same, same. Um, I've gotten really into it. And this past week, there was a story, an article, um, where this journalist interviewed Jake Paul, who I'd kind of heard... Yeah. See, <laughs> I know where to go with this. Oh, right. God. So I I teach 10-year-olds, and they talk about Jake Paul literally all the time. And I kept being like, who is this human being? Why are we all Jake Paulers or, like, Logan Paulers or, like, any of the other? I just don't get it. So apparently it, age, like, it ages me, and that's fine. Like, I'm cool being too old for Jake Paul. Um, but I read an article about him, and he's – He's a little bit more interesting of a character than I thought I... Would I, find him? Yes. Like, I thought he was just this kind of annoying human being who was making lots of money doing stupid things and getting 10-year-olds riled up. But he actually is... Is kind of an interesting entrepreneur. Like, he's making this media empire out of these 10-minute clips that he puts on YouTube. So that article so really many, kind of brought in... so many of the social media stars. But uh, he, he has a company, and he owns, like, this home where he has other young influencers live in L.A. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would say, too, he's grown faster than most YouTubers do. I yes. mean, you look at... Because I, I was sort of in, like, early YouTube culture, like, as a, as a high school kid and maybe even going back to middle school... And, you know, you have people where they have a frack, you know, maybe one or two million subscribers and he has, you know, like 10 million. Yeah. But these people, it took them seven years to get to one or two million. And you have a lot of these Vine stars after Vine, you know, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Right Vine. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of these Vine stars get on YouTube and they get 10 million subscribers. Right like away. One, two, three million in like a matter of months as opposed to, you know, three quarters of a decade. You know, you have other people who've been on YouTube since, yeah, like. Who was I watching the other day? He's been on YouTube since like 2006, and they only have, they just hit a million subscribers. Like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. So, like, the Paul right. brothers are sort of, my dad asked me about them, and my parents, not to age them too much, but they're <laughs> they're in their uh, mid to late 50s. So, uh, they're like, we, they don't understand any of it, but it was a big enough thing in the Times to where my, my father emailed me about it, asking who these people were. Oh, and, yeah what was happening but yeah that's why I think they're so fascinating because there's this like tiny group of them who just like shot up I I didn't use Vine or like watch Vine so like all these people these like younger kids know who they all are from that and I am I'm not even like that I'm like 23 so I'm not even that old and I'm sitting here like I don't I know who they were until like two or three months ago like until some other YouTuber I watched mentioned them and that guy is also in his like late 20s early 30s so he was even kind of like do you, bro? I know, you know. I, I know, I but he's like setting. So I like. So now I have this like. I'm kind of in this conundrum where I think that like Jake Paul is an interesting businessman, but I also yeah. hate him because yeah, he exactly. like like my students are going around our classroom being like, "That's lit, Miss Huntington," and I'm like, "Take that word out of your vocabulary." I feel <laughs> like, like but also, you're ten. Lit was not a word that he. He uses it all the time. But it's also, isn't he, I would assume he's appropriating that. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, yeah. I don't know much about this guy. But also, is because Jake Paul, I've heard in the news recently, is he one of the ones who's done something offensive? No, he like lit a mattress on fire and threw it into his pool and his neighbors hate him. With good reason. Yeah. Based oh, on yeah. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, that's just the, the bottom right. line of the whole situation. Right. Yeah. Okay. But 
Yeah. Because I know there's been some, and this is me showing my age <laughs> and not interacting with 10 year olds as much as you do, because I've seen like, and this is me scrolling like BBC and like listening to NPR, so really dating me. Is that, <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> but the fact that like, I'm like, there'll be all these names of people and then they'll be like, uses like a homophobic slur or is like makes an anti-Semitic oh, comment. Yeah. So in my mind, that's what I associate. Anytime I think of a YouTuber making the news, mm. I assume it's for those reasons. I don't think that's Jake Paul. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Yet we don't like. I don't right. have high hopes for him. He <laughs> like him and his brother, long term off of those right. lists. But right. like for now, PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Yeah, he, he's been yeah. offensive in terms of being really inconsiderate and like not courteous right. to people around him, but hasn't offended like, a whole nation. Based on identity, yet. Right. <laughs> Other than culturally appropriating the term lit. Other than culturally appropriating the term lit. Okay, perfect. Well, my pop culture thing of the week is probably a little bit less contentious. No, actually, I will take that back. So I saw the movie Home Again by Haley Myers Shire twice. Um, for different reasons, because two friends wanted to see it, but we couldn't pick a date, and I was like, well, it's a female-directed film, I'll pay to see it twice, whatever. Well done. Um, but it's an, it's produced by Nancy Myers, and as much as I'm not, like, the typical romantic comedy fan, mm. I think Annie would agree, I- I'm more am. I love Nancy Myers movies. Like, yeah. a, I, there was a period of my childhood where I watched either Father or Bride, part or one Parent or two, Trap. every single day. Yeah. I'd also say that Nancy Myers just does her on-set kitchens so well that you could watch those movies merely yeah. for the kitchens. And so Home Again is about nothing. There's, like, <laughs> almost nothing that goes on. It's the movie with Reese Witherspoon, and she invites three young men to, like, live in her house. And it's very dumb, but I enjoyed it both times I watched it. And it's only 97 minutes. And for me, 96 minutes is the ideal movie length. So I could, <laughs> I was able to handle that extra minute. And it was, and then it was like scrolling on her Instagram. It's fascinating because she ties in like Pottery Barn promotional material to the film. I think Reese Witherspoon got to dress her character all in James Draper, or Draper James, her clothing line. So it's interesting because it's a very, um, there's a lot of nepotism and within the film because this this is a film that would have never gotten made if Nancy Myers wasn't producing her own right. daughter's film. Because it's the type of film that doesn't do well anymore because it's between 30 to $70 million comedy. Hmm. But it's about nothing, which back in the 90s was acceptable and is now everyone's like, excuse me, I don't understand. It's not like a low budget gritty thing or right. a superhero movie. Right. Um, but I mean, kitchens were beautiful. Michael <laughs> Sheen looked a little chubby, but he's got like a fun little like silver oh, streak. Oh, I love him. Um, <laughs> Nate Wolf is in it and I think he's adorable. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. He's, I don't. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> he's the one, he was in like Paper Towns and he was the blind kid in Fault in Our Stars. Oh, I know and his him. his brother played Joker, Saranoff, in the Boston Marathon bombing movie. Patriot's Day. Oh. Yeah, so I really She's mentioning it. a bunch of movies that I've like never seen, so... <laughs> That's fine. No, no. Well, I remember he was on that. He was in that Naked Brothers like Band. Yeah, Naked Brothers Band. Way back. I never watched. I it kind of missed. I was at like the higher age range, so I missed that boat. But like vaguely saw an episode or two. Mm-hmm. 
fuzzy, you know, it, you're yeah. bored and you're like 12 or 13 and you're like, why not? <laughs> but oh, absolutely. Okay, actually, speaking of, speaking of movies, so mine was going to be, so I'd heard a, a lot in the last like week or so about the new Jennifer Lawrence film, Mother, oh, lowercase yes. exclamation point. Um, and here's what I just like could, couldn't stop laughing about. I kind of saw the, the previews were all over YouTube. Every single five second opening for any YouTube video was a preview. And I just, I looked up the guy who directed it. He's the Black Swan director mm-hmm. and has directed, here's the thing. I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this dude has directed a ton of very pretentious films, most of which have not done well. So obviously this is going to be a pretentious film. <laughs> and because Jennifer Lawrence is also on the outs, like pop culturally right now, mm, it probably totally. won't be well received. People this week are acting shocked that this film is pretentious and, like, not well-received. Like, I am sitting here, like, I am not at all surprised. I I was completely expecting, I looked up the synopsis of the film, and it just seems, can you guys curse on this? Yeah, go ahead. It's batshit crazy. Like, it's like, <laughs> it was just, like, I was not, a, not even, it was past the point of being amusing. Like, it was just, like... I went to Wesleyan for college for people listening, like Wesleyan, not to be confused with Wellesley, which is the women's <laughs> school that Hillary Clinton went to. Wesleyan's known for its film program, one of the best film programs in the world. It's very like known for progressive hipster stuff. It has a lot of other things going on, but that's generally people who know it, that's what they know. Right. And it just seems like something that like a like sophomore given a camera who's a film major, like for the first time, <laughs> would just try to fit in all of the themes from like a high school English class, like into a film, and then make like stylize the title to be really pretend. Like the whole thing just seems so, it, it just seemed like it was going to be terrible. And I'm very confused why everyone is like shocked that it is not good. Right. Like, or, or the people who like it are the most pretentious film critics who are talking about like the right. biblical references in it and all this stuff. And I think it's a load of crap. But, like, I, I, I think it's, yeah, for me, it's not even the movie. It's just that, like, everyone's reaction to it is so, like, like shock and awe that it, it was that. It was, that it was that bad. Well, that's what yeah. I find always so fascinating about studying, like, uh, or, like, looking and examining audience reaction to films. Because it's even if you look at last year and how inadvertently La La Land versus Moonlight became kind of the example of, like, a larger cultural debate. issue, right. And one of the best podcasts I listened to was an interview with Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight, and he was like, hey, like, I just have to say, I didn't set up set out to make this film to be, like, the little black film that could. And in the same way that I don't think Damien Chazelle set out, set out to be, like, I'm gonna make, like, the white supremacist, <laughs> like, white people save jazz movie. He's like... That's not that's not why you do the long days on set every single day. Right. But it's really interesting how the culture conversation warped that. And then, because most of what I've read or heard about Mother is less about, because it's Darren Aronofsky, so then it's also like, oh, Requiem for a Dream, and like, he gets, there's like all these like weird violence against women sequences a lot of yes. the times. But so much of what I've read is that it's like creepy because he and Jennifer Lawrence are in it relationship off screen IRL yes yes that I also found out this week because I just don't keep up with her anymore no one does yeah I and she's taking a break she announced that she's taking a break from acting for three years she just announced that really oh I did not know that Mm -hmm. I mean yeah I think she's sort of I guess this is a slight tangent but She's sort of in that group of especially white actresses, primarily. There's some actors, but mostly actresses, who I think, especially in the Trump era, 
are just like their BS is being called out constantly and they sort of need a, a reset at the very least. Yeah. So I think she's one of those who is sort of like seeing the writing on the wall. And obviously she probably has her own personal reasons for taking a break. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but it seems like as good a time as any for her to kind of... Well, especially you know. as someone who, she's from Kentucky, right? Or that's, like, yeah. where she that's draws heritage. And so, like, this idea of what is your role moving forward. Right. Is really right. coming yeah. into play. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're already having a great discussion, but we should start talking about our movie. So, the movie yeah. we're going to be talking about today is Cheaper by the Dozen, the 2003 version, um, because there was one made in the 50s. 1950. Uh, but we're talking about the Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt one. So, Lily, would you be able to give us, like, a super short, what do we call it? Synopsis. Synopsis. I, like, <laughs> teach children. I promise I'm better than this. <laughs> but a really brief synopsis of the film. All right. So, I guess, overall, for those who have not seen it, and in which case, I feel very sorry for you, um, Cheaper by the Dozen, the 2003 version, is about a family of... 12 kids and their two parents and the overarching theme is that there's a lot of change so the family um, has to move to Chicago from their rural community in Illinois because of the dad's job and then the mother has a book come out so she has to leave the husband you know and the kids left to their own devices to go on a book tour so there's a lot of that's the general theme is how does this large family navigate a series of, of big changes and there's obviously obviously all of the kids have their own personalities mm -hmm. and their own little backstories going on in the midst of all of this and they're all angsty and how they handle everything uh so yeah so i think that's like the, the overarching uh kind of thing going on totally and so i told we were talking to our mom and um about doing this and talking about this movie and her main thing. She was like, there was a really good looking boy she in that movie. My Welling. mother is obsessed with Tom Welling. Like, um, possibly yeah. still is. Because that was like the one thing I mentioned this movie and that was like, Tom Welling. It was like in her brain. And I even remember watching that movie in theaters. Yes. I think I saw this movie like four times in theaters. Quite possibly. And then she was just, she like really felt Tom Welling. And I remember we're like, mom, but like Ashton Kutcher's in it. And like he, that was like, Kind of at the yeah. peak of his Ashton Kutcher's and like hotness, yeah. Ashton Kutcher's craze, and she's like, yeah, 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 but like Tom, Tom Welling. Welling. And we're like, okay then. <laughs> like, totally, we know Tony looked it up today, and Tom Welling at the time was a twenty-six-year-old yes. playing a seventeen-year-old. Like, yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like no seventeen-year-old looks like that. No, I went to like a, high, a southern high school with like sports and sort of Friday night lights minus the, the school spirit so none of our like big football players even looked like that so I'm just sitting here like watching it because I watched it yesterday night I was I was very I was shook to use a term <laughs> that's it. I try to use it very rarely except for when it makes sense and I was truly shook that is <laughs> he looks like so a man funny. playing well, what I also <laughs> find so funny about that movie and like so they have 12 kids and it's like they had these ideas of who they wanted to cast, but they didn't, like, yes. put any logic on it. Because they have, like, Piper Paraboo, who's supposed to be, like, 25, and then it's, like, then the next kid is 17. 17. And then they're, like, yeah. shit, like, we've got to add a lot of twins here, so, like, <laughs> let's just throw some twins into the mix. <laughs> right, because, like, time-wise, her, yeah, like, time her body wouldn't the, have been able to do then that. then there was, like, all those kids who seemed, there seemed to be, like, eight of the kids were between the same ages, age. like, like 
fourth grade to eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. It is funny. <laughs> and also, like, I like how each of them got a very specific personality type, yes. which is total Hollywood. So you had, like, Allison Stoner oh, playing the great. girl. You had Kevin Schmidt playing the band geek. You right. had that, I can't remember his name, the guy who played Mark, the, the nerdy, redheaded. Oh, yeah, the one who's so sad. So they each, so, and then they cut the, the mischievous, mischievous, like, five-year-old twins at the end of the line. Like, the whole oh, thing man. is just so Hollywood in that sense of, like, like each kid had a very specific stereotype, and all their storylines were, like, totally in line with this very specific stereotype. Right. With what exactly, like, what Hollywood imagines childhood to be on some level. Um, yeah, I was like, definitely not what my childhood was like, no, but... Oh, exactly. <laughs> Well, so also one thing that I love about this movie that it actually, so Cheaper by the Dozen is a book um, that was written in the 50s, maybe? No, before then, must have been. I think it was the 40s. It must have been the 40s um, by this really kick-ass woman, like really kick-ass woman. And that was one thing, and a theme. It was written by a brother and sister, Frank and Ernestine Gilbert. Right, but they they talk about their mom being awesome. Well, Bells on Their Toes is about their mom. Okay, whatever. So the second book is about their mom being awesome. But the, the the mom character in the 1940s version and the 1950s movies, and then this movie is a badass. And that's what I loved about Bonnie Hunt's character in this, is like she's a working mom who's like very much pursuing her career. And... She is willing to compromise that for her family, but she's also not willing to put it on hold to continue just being, like, the mom character. Um, so, like, I just, like, really appreciate this about uh, that about this film, because even in the early 2000s, that's early to have a working mom, you know? It wasn't necessarily a normal thing. And, and also, she was cool. Like, she wasn't... I feel like a lot of... It's actually funny. So, last weekend, just... Per chance, I ended up watching Freaky Friday, as in the one with Lindsay so Lohan good. and Jamie Lee. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. So a, good. A, a great film from my my childhood. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, like even Jamie Lee Curtis is the uptight mom, like in, uh, you know, in contrast to Lindsay Lohan's rocker high school persona. And Bonnie Hunt is really like a cool mom, but and she and she's the down to earth of the two parents. Steve Martin plays, you know, the crazier dad who who's kind of has a lot of hijinks and is, you know, amused by the kids, <laughs> you know, like little pranks and stuff. But she's still not necessarily um, like a buzzkill or you know like the party pooper of the bunch. She kind of just keeps it very real, which is an interesting thing, especially for yeah a Disney mm-hmm. movie with so many stereotypes in it. I actually can't remember if it's an actual Disney movie, but that sort of like. Uh, child film I guess I would say but it's yeah the whole thing she's an interesting character in that um and they're sort of an interesting couple too uh or a pairing I guess that I would not have thought of for that movie but I also I mean what's interesting is Bonnie Hunt herself doesn't have kids but she she doesn't no oh that is surprising and up until like two years ago Steve Martin didn't either and both of them are think as personality types we associate them so much with parental roles so because i think it's with bonnie hunt we think of a lot of stuff she did in the 90s i think of return to me we think of return to me it's a chicago movie but it's also she directed it oh bonnie hunt's so talented so good um but then it's also jumanji realistically in which she's not the mother but she plays a very maternal figure right that being said I should have mentioned this. One of my favorite pop culture things of this past week was the Jumanji trailer for the new movie. Oh, I haven't seen it. It looks so much better than I could have anticipated. Um, But 
And then Steve Martin, we associate so much with parental roles because of like Father of the Bride mm-hmm. and like all of these things. And then, okay. but it, it's interesting how that works. But in my mind, this was like the perfect pairing. I love. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I would love if they were together in real life. Like I'm, I'm sure that they're very happy in their personal lives. But Steve Martin and Bounty Hunt, if you're listening, make it happen. <laughs> they had a natural chemistry that it would, you know, it's not like a. It's not a very like sexual movie, you know, their, their relationship, right. but they just they just worked in sort of yeah a way where I feel like a lot of especially in kids movies the parents seem very staged, you know, and you can kind of tell like okay they found these names they need these big name people to play the parents for this film like great like we get it um, right but they yeah they just sort of work and even in I, I also ended up watching the sequel too oh, uh, right. by the dozen that came out I believe two years later yeah, uh, with but Eugene Levy and then. Uh, yeah. Allison Stoner Carmen gets a Electra playing a mom. That's also like a weird Oh, character. yes. And Aaron um, Samuels from Mean Girls yes. is Piper Parabu's husband. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> the whole thing is just, the whole like franchise, it's only two films. I wish they'd make another one at this point just because it's such, such a bizarre franchise with only two movies. But like, yeah. yeah, just really interesting pairings. But yeah, definitely Bonnie and Steve from the first movie are beautiful. great um and then also i think yeah that was a cool part i think uh what else was i gonna say actually you guys go i'm like four well, thoughts at once one, so. of the, one of the things i think that is so cool about this movie and so many movies for kids don't necessarily introduce this idea is that like life changes and there are moments where you hate everything yes you hate everything you hate everything about it i'm just a kid and life is a nightmare yeah. isn't that song in this movie yes yes, yes it is huh. <laughs> it's of course the montage it is the it is the everything is terrible montage yes but yeah and so like things are really bad but then you they don't you can't go back like because then mark right. does go back to their rural hometown, and he realizes, like, things cannot be the way they were, and it's this idea that, like, yeah, like, you can be nostalgic for the past, and you cannot like things about your present, but, like, you do keep moving forward, and you get to a new place. Ooh, that was very beautiful and deep. I mean, and truthfully, maybe I should show, show this to my students, like, on Monday. Because, uh, I mean, truthfully, all we really talk about in education right now is, like, teaching kids resiliency. Resilience, resilience like, is a key word in education. Yeah, resilience is, like, a buzzword. Um, because what we're finding is these kids nowadays, like, they don't know how to fail, and they don't see people fail, so they think it's completely wrong. And it's like... No, you can get things wrong and learn from them and then, you know, be better at them. So, yeah, that's, like, kind of the overall theme of the movie. What I was thinking of as we were talking was the amazing scene where the kids dunk the guy's underwear in meat and then release a dog. <laughs> I, lo- I love how the movie still had things like that that were just so... Or, or the kid Beans who, like, like swings on the chandelier or oh something at some gosh, point. Do you yeah. remember the scene where, like... Yes. They, yeah, the, him and his parents bring him over. He has the overbearing mother and, like, the cool, normal dad. And I forgot the actor, but he was on that Even Stevens show back in the day. But oh, yeah, he, like, is rollerblading through the, their new house and then flies off the banister and, like, lands on the... And he's, like, hanging on to the <laughs> chandelier. So this movie had so many of these, like, like dumb little hijinks moments, but it was still, like, not the... Like, even now when I'm watching it as an adult, I'm like, these are not the worst thing. So they're not so try-hardy. Like, they're kind of, like, 
mocking them as they do them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it never really seemed too much to where I was like, all right. Like, nowadays, every once in a while, I watch a, a kid's film for, like, one reason or, or another, and I'm always kind of eye-rolling at some of the crap they try and make seem, oh, like, yeah. cool. So, yeah. No, I appreciated that, like, the hijinks were just that. Like, now, is the meat... Underwear meat dog <laughs> idea, like, very genius, and I would totally do it now. Yes. <laughs> I know! Well, it's, I also like the idea, and this is something we were talking about in different ways, but, like, younger siblings being, like, very protective. Yeah. About, or, like, being, like, very vocal about, like, this person is a bad match and we don't like him. Like, how do we get rid of him? Oh, my gosh. Oh. So, uh, our next-door neighbor, who actually is coming home today... She was like her older sister growing up, and she was in high school, like nowhere near getting married, but we hated her boyfriend, and so we sat her down at the kitchen table, maybe after watching this movie, now that I think about this, maybe we got this idea, but we sat her down and we're like, if you marry him, we will not go to the wedding. <laughs> and like, guys, I'm 16, but thank you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But I probably oh. would have tried meat underwear on him. I hated him. But (laughs) was that ever ever on an episode of like Mythbusters, the the meat underpants dog? I don't know. No, I don't know if it's ever I don't know if it actually works. I have no idea. Like I I would not know. Now I kind of want to try, which is makes me kind of evil. Who can we do it to? I don't know. Also, we don't have a dog. There's, just, there's so many things. There's so Definitely many, like, dogs. problems with our plan, but we'll have to find a way to enact yeah. it. Yeah. Also, I don't know where these kids got this, like, huge vat of meat to stick it in. Like, they didn't just, like, put it in, you know, take a patty, a burger, but they just, like, stuck. I was sitting there like, what is... And also, like, like you have 12 kids. Are you going to reuse that meat? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's expensive to feed that family. Um, man. Yeah. It's- well, I also just, okay, so one of the things I do enjoy about this movie is thinking, like, oh, some of the kids even, I've seen, I just remember, one of the tw- one of the girl twins, because they weren't real twins IRL, there was a little redhead. Who was yes, in, so cute. But she was in the Santa Claus too, and she hasn't been in much after that. I know, because <laughs> I was like, I want her to go places, and she went nowhere. And then, <laughs> the other one, who was not her twin IRL, she was in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, maybe when I was a freshman in college, and still watch it. So we're talking, like, 2006, 2007, and she played... Eleanor's so old. I'm so old. And she played, like, a teen, like... Do you remember there was an episode where there was, like, four girls, and they were like, we found this baby in the garbage yeah. at your middle school. But they've been, like, one of you. Having and like, babies, yeah. Yeah, and she was the, she was like, please don't tell my mom. And then it was her, and I was like, oh, my gosh. But then Dak Shepard, husband to Kristen... Kristen Bell. Okay. He, she, he's in this movie for a brief second. Do you remember the guys who are, like, stringing up lights because Oprah's coming to interview? Yes. He, he's the one on the walkie-talkie, like, we cannot bring Oprah here. <laughs> and it was, like, an early Jack Shepard role. <laughs> and so, like, all, there's, like, many times in my life where I'll, like, be witness to something going on, and I'm like, we can't bring Oprah here. Like, that's, like, my thought that goes through my head. <laughs> You are such an interesting human. It is. But you know, like, you have things where you're, like, you're taken out of the situation. You're, like, oh, like, if. like We that- cannot bring Oprah here. <laughs> so most things in my life I couldn't bring Oprah to, but, like, occasionally I think it aloud. <laughs> but I'm glad Jack Shepard's career has gone forward. <laughs> That show 
had like you had because yeah. when the mom's on the book tour, she goes on like yes, re, re just at one point. Like there's all these random cameos for like this very random kids movie. Like it, it was, it's really the strangest. I don't know. Considering today, what what is you know or what, what's considered a kids movie now? Right. Like you can imagine getting that many random cameos, and yeah, like and then you know these people like Jack Shepard or like. There was someone else now I'm trying to remember who I was kind of surprised within this random movie, but like just yeah, it's just it's just a weird mix. Like it's a very, very outlier kids movie of what I think of at least of the past like right. I don't want to say two decades, because I would have been three back in nineteen ninety seven, but like fifteen years maybe. Right, right. Yeah. No, this and and that's what I kind of love and appreciate about this movie is it's it still is very entertaining. Like and, and it's a entertaining for all ages like I feel like it's hard children's movies today are so terrible sometimes that as an adult I cannot watch them like the emoji movie I mean I didn't see it it. (laughs) but my students all did and just even watching the trailer I was like will anyone pay to see this because this has to be the dumbest premise of a movie ever um but people enjoy them and I don't know I frequently get on high horses about how media and entertainment is dumbing down America. So I'm sh- like, I think that dumbing down kids movies on some level does that, you know, like it shows these kids being creative and ingenious about maybe mean things, you know, like they're still being well, silly but kids. But they have a goal. Yeah. They're goal oriented. A growth mindset. Always important for learning. Growth minds, <laughs> cognitive development. <laughs> They're testing and uh, trying new strategies. The, this movie is basically a science lesson. But okay, <laughs> now a deep criticism of Cheaper by the Dozen. It doesn't take advantage of Allison Stoner's dancing skills. Oh, agreed. Like that's upsetting. I loved her. Okay, here's a fun fact. I actually wrote her fan mail, and I wrote like several people fan mail during this movie. And she responded to me with an autograph, or maybe two even, and loved her. Yeah, I have them saved somewhere at one of my parents' houses. It's somewhere in like a, you know, like in a folder in a box. But yeah, I know. So now she has this YouTube channel that you can watch. And yeah, I feel like you need to reach out to her. <laughs> I only wish. Oh, I sent you this like weird fan mail when I was nine, and she's like around my age. She's only like a year older than me, so it's kind of like if you think about it, like a little like cute and also odd, but like. It, but yeah, but she did, I don't know if you saw it too, she, it went viral. She did um, a oh. remix of uh, her dance to Missy Elliott's, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, what was the song? Yeah. yeah, so it was on her YouTube channel, I think like a year ago. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that right now. No, it was outstanding. Yeah, so it's really good. So she does some of, the, like, some, remix some of the moves, did some of the classics that everyone kind of knows her for in that music video. Um, but she left like a cute little tribute, like, video at the end of it of herself talking to the camera and like to Missy Elliott, but... Like, yeah, didn't take advantage of her dancing skills. I did, however, try to wear beanies like she does, but I have, like, very, which people cannot see because it's a podcast, I have very <laughs> curly hair. And when I was nine, did not know how to, like, did not understand why my hair was not doing what Got her you. hair was doing in the movie. And then, of course, my mother was like, Lily, you, she has stick straight hair, and your hair is very, like, big and, like, crazy. And I was yeah. still brushing it, which you never do with curly oh, hair. Oh, never. No. Nope. Like, I did not know nine. Only when it's so, wet. It was a mess. Yeah. I did not, I tried to learn how to skateboard. That was never going to happen. <laughs> Like, it was, yeah, it was a lot. I tried to, like, have these hobbies that were just never going to be my hobbies. But now I can, like, skateboard. I just can't 
hit anything that resembles a bump or a curve, <laughs> and stopping is not possible unless I just kind of crawl to a stop. But I can stand That's on a impressive. skateboard and moving at like three feet an hour. <laughs> well, you know what? You're doing better than either of us, so take you, you know you're winning. Okay, um, so. At this point, I feel like we've had a great discussion about Cheaper by the Dozen. Why don't we talk about, and I, I, we've been kind of hitting on this, um, but really talking about whether or not we think kids today should see this movie, and if so, why? Mm. <laughs> Is that too well, deep? Oh, yes, good. Like, <laughs> should absolutely see this movie. They can learn what quality kids' movies are. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, and Why? Yeah, I think as we were saying, uh, a lot of kids' movies presume that kids can't have complex emotions, they, or that they run to the same, like, two situations, but the idea that you could be nine or ten and, yeah, grind up your, your older 22-year-old sister's boyfriend's underwear in meat after this whole scheme to get the underwear off of him and, like, into the meat, release <laughs> your dog, like... That's incredible. Like those are those. I want those to be icons for kids, not whoever these like new people are or like right. these new movies are. Like, it's a good movie and it has interesting characters and like and, and of course, yeah, there are some a lot of stereotypes in there and um, obviously too. It, we should also mention that it is a white family in a largely white mm-hmm. film because the entire family is white, um, which that is also backwards. Is but the area like, in North Shore of yeah. Chicago that they are presuming to yeah. represent. Yeah. It's very, like, mid-early 2000s in that sense. But, like, overall, I guess in terms of who the characters are, there's so much more, like, talent and kind of interesting situations that I I guess you'd see, especially nowadays, and I would say even 90 to 95% of movies today. So I would say yes, absolutely. (laughs) Every youth, yeah, make all the youths in your class watch this film. Okay. Cannot leave fifth grade. For their development. (laughs) I would say for me, what is so cool about this movie is that it's a huge family, but they, for the most part, like, obviously there's, like, qual- like issues between the kids, and they have kind of shifting alliances, almost. Like, at, some of them are clearly closer to each other, like, Allison Stoner and the fat kid, for lack of a better term. <laughs> like, you know, like, no one in that family looks like they're related. No. Um, but, <laughs> and it's like, they're like, oh, we need a fat one. Um, but this idea that you can have fun and be friends with your siblings, which is not always the case. Because in so many movies, there's only, there's usually at most like two kids per family. And usually that's a kind of competitive relationship. Or contentious. Contentious, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. And we here at Good Film Hunting appreciate that. Sister friends. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I actually would definitely show this movie to my students uh, and they're the ones I think of when I think of this question. Um, but overall, I mean, I think it's a very entertaining movie. Like, I, and I think sometimes we forget that about children's movies. We're like, oh, just like put something in front of them and like, they'll be fine. Especially today as kids are so drawn to media. We, we don't sometimes question the, the quality of the media. And this is an actually entertaining movie. And, and as you said, they're dealing with complex emotions and complex situations and they're they're the ones problem solving. They're at the heart of the story and the narrative. And the adults are there and, and very deeply immersed in it. But 
Also, the adults aren't made to look stupid, which I really appreciate as a teacher. Like, watching Matilda, even though Matilda's a fine movie, watching that movie for me is really hard because it makes the principal and the parents look terrible and so as a teacher I'm like don't watch this movie <laughs> like I'm not dumb I'm not trying to ruin your life so it shows the adults being adults and and being responsible but while also getting things wrong so yeah that's great overall double thumbs up so we finish up our podcast here at good film hunting um by really quickly just talking about where in the world we would like to go right now if nothing was an option. or No, if everything was an option, if money wasn't an issue, I think is what you were saying. <laughs> if nothing was an option and you can only stay in your apartment, where would you go? <laughs> everything is an option. Yeah, anywhere in the world. Anybody? Oh, goodness. This is like countries or like... Just, oh, goodness. You can get as specific as you want. You could be like, I want to be at the bagel place on this street. <laughs> here's, here's actually what I want to do. I actually was talking to someone about this. I used to have almost like an adventure book in high school. I did a series of like bike trips and stuff. And I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think even like yesterday or two days ago. Because I have no concept of time currently. Uh, but I was like, yeah, no, I had this dream of actually there was some list online of the top 10 um, most like gorgeous, amazing libraries in the world. And mm. I had this goal of seeing them. And like there are a ton in Europe, obviously, but there's mm. a really cool one somewhere in like Australia, one in Southeast Asia. There's one in like Canada, which is really cool. And so I was like, at some point I would love to do that. I was sitting here the other day just kind of thinking like, yeah, you know, that maybe I, I'm someone where I need, I need a, not a reason to plan a trip, but I like to have something other than just like, go vacation like that doesn't yeah. seem particularly uh, not even productive but just not like sitting somewhere by myself like doing my own thing like I already kind of do that as a career so it's, it's sort of like I want to do something where it's interesting but also not so open fixed where I have to get right. on, like a tour bus and like stay with a like, touring group or something Never um, do but yeah that. so I would love to do that uh, I have to go find that list again somewhere or ask my parents where that book went uh, because like I said my parents are divorced so I have two houses with stuff in both houses and I don't know where anything is at this point so yeah so when you it's find like, it I, send it to us but I had it all planned out but maybe like that's what I would love to do now that I've been thinking about it for the past few days yeah. I'm like yeah maybe my 17 year old self was really really on to something and I need to yeah re uh, like reinvigorate that dream or revamp that dream I should say um to do, to do that at some point. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And once you find that list, please send it on because <laughs> that good sounds list. Good list. awesome. Um, yeah. I think if I could go anywhere right now, so Eleanor and I, we usually take like a sister international trip at Christmas. So we were just talking about that today and oh my gosh, something big just happened in the Notre Dame game. There are yells from the other room, <laughs> but, uh, if I could choose to go anywhere right now, it would be Eastern Europe. I really wanted to go to Prague and Vienna uh, for a long time. And we're, at, we're talking about both of those places or like Poland um, for Christmas. And I, I've been to Eastern Europe before and I love it. But I just want to explore that part of the world more. I feel like you never really hear about it. And then people are always like, it's amazing. So, Yeah. I think for me right now, I'm really in the mood to do, like, an intensive, like, hiking or camping trip. 
So I don't really have a national park in mind. But today at breakfast, like, our friend Sarah was talking about the uh, Great Smoky Mountains. And I was like, that's cool. Because also, like, Tennessee, I've never been to and I, like, want to go to. I keep trying to offer up as a suggestion to... I, I like to plan trips with different groups of people. So it's fun because we've done one with, like, our childhood neighbors. And we're doing one with, like, people we taught with in Boston. And I'm doing one with friends from college. And I keep offering all of them. I'm like, let's go to, like, Memphis or Nashville. And no one ever wants to go with me. Um, and so I really want... Uh, Tennessee. I'm feeling Tennessee. Because it's like... What was weird is today I was walking around our neighborhood in Chicago and I forget because I go walking all the time in Los Angeles and like things here are so flat and so it would be interesting to have like hills as opposed to like I'm used to like much steeper inclines mm. so I guess I'm I'm feeling the hills <laughs> <laughs> the hills of Tennessee the hills of Tennessee it's where I want to be it sounds like a song I um, can write it you can write it Taylor Swift one of us. <laughs> yeah, you or Taylor. Maybe we could. Oh my god, we could have talked about her songs. We're so silly. I actually really, um, I like Ready For It. I hate the other one. I don't even know what the other one's name is. It's funny. I, I like Look What You Made Me Do. I don't like it. I'm like, okay, I had a I had a taxi driver who blasted it like three times in a <laughs> row while I was, she was driving me somewhere. And so, you know when you're like, you're just like, you know what? I don't, I dislike this and I dislike her at this point, but like, Parts of that, not the whole song, but parts of it are catchy. But the other, the one that came out second, I have not warmed up to. But I do not, I'm not going to berate anyone who has warmed up to it. Well, and like, I, yeah. Annie was <laughs> listening to it earlier, and what I don't understand, and it feels like maybe this will be her album, is that she doesn't think a song can be continuous in one style, and she needs to, like, switch right. it up every 45 seconds. Right. Which is exhausting for me as a listener, but again, I'm old. <laughs> I'm like, her, what's song, her new her new songs do that and I was just like I remember when I listened to what was it look look what you made me do the first time the night it came out I literally like I, I, I tweeted a gif of this the sort of Britney Spears like confused face from when she was on what was that show America's Got Talent or whatever when she just looks or the X Factor when she's just kind of sitting there with her face scrunched like I didn't know what to make of it like I was like wait so she had some sort of really nice hook but then she starts talking yes talk singing but she's not she doesn't really have the dead? voice for, like, good talk singing. Agreed. Like, that's sort of weird. She doesn't, you know what, the thing I told her something the other day is that she's not, like, the best singer or the most interesting singer with, like, a lot of vocal range. So she's trying to do all this weird stuff, but, like, her voice doesn't match it. The beats sound like, now, look, I love, like, 2009 to 2011, like, pop music, because I was in high school then. But she's doing a lot of that in the track, but, like, it's not the same beat throughout. Yeah, so there's just, like, a lot occurring at once. And I don't get how this is going to... And that doesn't even get into what the album is actually about, which is about her being petty and annoyed with everyone and, like, self-victimization <laughs> and all this stuff. But again, that's just, like, uh, my, my, that's, that's for another podcast. But <laughs> no. like a lot to unpack in these two songs. And yet I also don't want to unpack them because I don't want to give her even more attention yes. than she's already getting for what she's doing. I know. I feel like that is the struggle with Taylor Swift. Is she? It seems as if she wants it and needs it so bad. And then you're like, ugh because of that but on the other hand i finally listened to lord's album this week lord's and, album is and really I, like, good loved it yeah it's really good i'm like obsessed with this song liability and i listened to it like on repeat the other day at work my coworker's like are you having trouble <laughs> and I <was> like, apparently <laughs> do we need to talk about something um well you're better at the ending because you know everything we're on Okay. So I'll let you do it. So Lily, thank you so much for yes, thank podcasting you. with us today. We're so this was grateful. so fun. So grateful we were able to make it happen. Um, because we had so much fun talking before, and happy to do it anytime. 
But for our listeners out there, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, where we're less active, though we should work on it. Instagram, where we're almost at our most active. Right. We like Instagram. Um, email, email at goodfilmhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find Lily. She's very active on Twitter. So all you Twitter users. And Facebook, posting a lot of the the articles that you write for all of the many, many places. Which I is know. Awesome. You write all the time. I'm so impressed. No, oh, thank you. It's a little, there are some days where like Thursday and Friday this week, I was calling my mother to like vent because there was too much, but I'm glad it looks nice and, and flawless and glamorous on the outside. <laughs> well, it does. It does. That's the best thing about social media, right? You get to decide what you show. So yeah. highlight reel. It's great. Well, thank you so much.